Hey, Facebook Live. This is Charles Paul in the MS Underground, and I'm uh, doing the podcast for today. So, hey, if you're new to this, welcome in, and uh, thanks for jumping up. It just looks like, there it goes, my chat room finally just loaded in, and that's going good. So, yeah, if you got questions, you got comments, you got things you want to say, you just put it right there in the chat room, and I will get it taken care of for you. And, of course, if you're on the podcast, you can email charles at gaims.com, or we link these over on Facebook. Uh, the video's there, and the podcast is there on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Georgia Institute of EMS. So it's been a, it's been an interesting week. We just kicked off two new classes, an EMT class and an advanced EMT class, uh, back-to-back, uh, Monday night and Tuesday night. And uh, getting in to talk with the new students and having been worked at working at home and building all these lectures and doing the tests and whatnot, building the test, it brings a, it brings a different approach for me to orientation. But one of the questions that almost always comes up or something I try to get ahead of even sometimes with clinical orientation, when I do that, that comes later in the class, of course, but with clinical orientation, I try to talk about personality clashes because as a student, you're in a whole different spot than when you're a partner. But even as a new partner, right, as an EMT, maybe you feel like, you're less than or treated like you're less than or when you're brand new to the company of course and and you're you're fresh out of school you're worried about you know who you are in this world and figuring out making sure you don't kill anybody and 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 and, oh my god i have all this responsibility and it seems like a lot of us go through that and so i wanted to talk about getting along with all the different personalities that are out there now there's a great movie and i'm actually gonna gonna see if i can look up the stereotypes from this movie but it's called bringing out the dead i can't spell stereotypes of bringing out the dead but that's a it's a great movie a really uh yeah people don't want to just give me the, the the stereotypes that were shown in it uh i'm gonna look at this one i will try to remember it's been a minute since i've watched this but uh yeah the, the uh, bring out that is a great movie when it, to show you kind of the personalities and the different stereotypes that are out there you've got the nicholas cage is is basically the the burnout now he's not fully burned out right because he still cares about his job he still tries to save people but he's 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 struggling with the purpose of it all and i i quit can't you fire me i'm showing and he's showing up late to work i love the line from the boss because it's, it's kind of true because sometimes things get so bad so short-handed uh, one of the lines from the boss to him when he shows up late, he's like, aren't you going to fire me? He's like, I'll fire you tomorrow. I need you on the truck today. Get out there and get your job done. Um, so, you know, you have him going on struggling with lack of sleep. You've got him struggling with with different things going on. And um, these are not fully the the right breakdowns I have here, but I've got the, the amusing Larry, played by John Goodman, the hyper-preacher cadenced Marcus by Ving Rings, and the clearly psychotic walls um so you've got uh, i i classify them differently uh you've got the guy who has to make everything funny they don't take anything seriously right let's start with that stereotype on the ambulance and you know in life for those of you who don't work on the ambulance but this is an ems-based show so i'm gonna be sitting in that world but you can take it and use it anywhere in an office or whatever there's always a joker right there's always somebody who who doesn't seem to take anything seriously and they're always just kind of cracking quips and a lot of times the patients love this person because they're only with them for a few minutes 
but the longer a patient's with them, the more it wears on them, right? And for you, that to be with them for 12 hours to 24 hours, you know, it wears on you constantly. And that's, that is a pain in the butt, right? That That's just, it gets so old. <sighs> Trying to connect with people, and this is probably going to be a universal thing under all the different personalities, but trying to connect with people, finding that thing that you can like together, that you can talk about, that you can change the subject is is one of the ways to do that. And I remember watching, or not watching, but working with somebody that all they wanted to do was watch Fox News all the time. And and this is this is my one political stance is all politics are wrong and everybody is you know in it, they are out for power. Now, does that, that mean that there's some good people? No, there's probably some good people, but they still want to protect their power. And both sides lie. Both sides make mistakes. Everybody's human, which means they can be wrong at any given time. So anytime I'm dealt with somebody who is who is far left or far right, and this particular story is from a person who's far right, I just change the subject and I ignore them. And all this medic wanted to do was watch Fox News 24-7 and talk about how horrible liberals were and this and that and the other and it was like, okay, I don't care. I'm not going to argue with you. You're obviously not going to listen to me. So I found other ways to get around it. I made sure I had a separate television set at the, at the station and so I could play my Xbox put on my headphones, and they would have the TV to watch whatever they wanted to watch the whole time. Whenever they really started talking politics, I was like, look, I was just bluntly honest. And bluntly honest without – and when I mean bluntly honest – I mean, without anger, without blame, without push, without anything. I was just, I don't care. I, I really don't care about politics. I think both sides are wrong. I think everybody just wants to yell at each other. Nobody wants to listen, and then nothing gets done. And that's what's wrong with this world as a whole. But I don't care. I get that you think they're evil. You're not going to get a reaction from me. Can we talk about something else? Sometimes being blunt helps, right? Can we talk about something else? You know, I'd rather find something. I mean, just again, being bluntly honest, I'd rather find something that we can actually agree on or talk about. What about music? What music do you listen to? Do you like books? Do you like movies? Do you know, what's going on in your life? Do you have kids? Are you seeing anybody? Now, when I got that medic off of politics and onto the family life, I could talk to them for hours about that. And they had lots to talk about with their family life. You know, we found connections there. You can usually find a story. So that's kind of my number one principle in life and what I do is as how you get along with people is trying to find that common ground, that common story that you can relate to. You do that with patients. You can do that. You can do that with patients. But you've got, you've got, so that's a political person, right? That's that stuck on one topic person. Same with the jokes. You know, you don't try to out joke the funny guy. You, you try to share from your life like hey let me tell you a story about something real quick and maybe they mock it maybe they pull up jokes ultimately sometimes i'll jump to the end now, i'm gonna go through all the different personalities and different stories that I've, I've dealt with but the end result is you ignore them i started bringing books when i had to sit in a truck with somebody that i just really didn't get along with i flat out said look we're not going to get along on a personal level but i think you're fine at your job i think you do your job well i can work with you just fine and that's the way it is. When you're ready to eat, you let me know. If I'm ready to eat, I'm going to let you know. If I need a bathroom, you know, we'll, we'll treat each other like human beings. But I really don't care about anything you have to say. And they didn't know how to take that. And then I just opened my book and started reading my book. And they start talking to me. I'm like, yep. And I just keep reading my book. Or nowadays, of course, we have our headphones. We have our phones 
to play on, you know, those kind of things. So you just make it clear, I don't want to talk to you. And and you've got to be prepared. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's how you get along with other people. you got to know yourself. You have to know yourself well. And this actually took me a long time to learn. Yeah, I'll, I'll just be honest about it. It did take me a long time in my career to learn that I'm not the end-all, be-all of everything. Right? The world doesn't necessarily revolve around me. I kind of feel like it does a lot of times. And I'm right about a whole lot of things. But the reality is... I don't have to be entertained by you for an hour. I don't have to be liked by you. That was a hard one for me to learn. I need to be okay with who I am. I'm number one. Why are you on the truck? And you really should write this down. I'm on the truck. I'm doing my job. You know, I'm going to rephrase it for those who go to offices or go anywhere else. I'm doing my job because of these reasons. I'm here at this company to be a paramedic. This is my job to be a paramedic and to run the paramedic level truck. And to answer those 911 calls or those non-emergency calls and take care of people. That's what I'm here for, number one. Number two, why am I here today? Because it pays me a paycheck that I'm acceptable. You that I find acceptable. All right, number three. And, you know, I just kind of keep going down those lists. And ultimately, yeah, I want to get along with my partner. And we're going to talk about different ways. I'm going to talk about different ways to do that. I want to get along with my partner. I want to get along with the people I work with. But ultimately, you rank fourth, fifth, sixth down on the list as to why I'm there. And this is what I was telling the orientation people. Because I'm going to talk about, at the end of this, I'm going to talk about people who do things wrong, right? And what you need to do. But I was telling people in the orientation, those are your numbers. That patch is your patch. Nobody else can protect it but you. Nobody. A company will look out for you until it's not in their best interest. And then they'll throw you under their bus. And that's, that's just life. That's just a fact. That's not good or bad. That's just true. Is I personally will look out after you until it's gonna, until your actions are going to cost me my numbers, and then you're on your own. A company will do that. A partner will do that. Everybody, human being, will do that. So you've got to look out after your numbers. So that's what you're there. That person does not affect your numbers. Well, you know, they talk about me, and they're going to get me fired you've got numbers you can go pretty much anywhere in the state and get a job yeah i've been talked bad about yeah i've had jobs blocked because people didn't like me guess what i got a different job i found my one because here's another role i figured out for myself i don't want to be somewhere that doesn't want me there and i get it i get it now i want to take a side note to say if you're being discriminated against yeah there's times to fight, right? There's definitely times to to sue and to make a stink and to, to fight the good fight. By no means am I talking that down. But I'm a white male. I, I'm a big guy. Um, and the longer I was in the field, the more important I became, right? Because I have all these years of experience. Well, you jump from job to job to job. That's EMS. At any given time, you're working two or three jobs. I'd say two jobs kind of standard, in AMS, and it's fairly common to go, I'm going to go from this county to that county. Oh, and the first time or second time you do it, they might say, why are you leaving your job to come here? And you might say, I'm not. Or you might say, because it wasn't working out for one of you. I mean, there are political ways to say things, but like, look, I was always honest. And that, that gets you so far with people is I'm leaving this job over here to come to this. I was flat out with the last one of the last EMS jobs I had like, 
why are you wanting to work here? I said, because I live in this county and it's going to save me money to go work at that fire station that's a mile from my house instead of driving 45 minutes into another city and county and go work there. I mean, your call volume is crap, but I'm going to improve your system. I mean, I, was, I wasn't egotistical. But I was like, no, I'm going to come and I'm going to do the best job as possible. I know this is a retirement county because the call volume is super low. You also don't pay very well. But I'm taking. I'm not even taking much of a pay cut to come here. But the pay cuts gonna be made up in the fact that I can literally on nice days walk to work, and I did for a while when I lived in Jasper County. I lived less than a mile from the fire station, and they did me the solid and put me in that station all the time. And on nice days, there was many, many, many days I walked to work, and then the next day I'd walk home. You know, or the animals, the people were like, "Hey, we're going to town. Let's just give you a ride." Okay, fine. But I'm saving that gas money, right? I'm saving the money it would take. Anyway, so being honest gets you a, a, a long way with it. But jumping from job to job, that's just our career. You know, I can't tell you. I'm not even going to bother to count up how many different services I worked for multiple times even. You and I leave a service, go work somewhere else, come back to that service for a while. That's what we do. So that's what you got to understand is you got to understand yourself. Okay? And this is in any job in any life. Am I going to this job and, oh, they just talk bad about me and they hate me and they, they run me, they run me out. Then you go to the next job. Oh, they talk bad about me. They hate me and they run me out. Then you go to the third job. Oh, they, wait a minute now. You get the third, fourth, fifth job that everybody hates you and they talk about you and they just don't want you there. They get you fired and they make it hard to work there. It's you. I'm not even going to say maybe it's you. It's you. A thousand percent it's you. If you keep cycling through partners at every job you work through, you don't work with this. Now, it depends on the schedule, right? Okay. Now, there are some schedules that will absolutely work people on different schedules. So sometimes you're with this person. Sometimes you're with that person. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about if you look around and you've got a partner every shift that's different, but other shifts have the same people who work together. Maybe that's a maybe it's you. Okay, maybe you're the one hard, that's hard to work with. Um, I, I've worked with all kinds of people. And I tell the story about I became a paramedic because I was tired of working with different partners. I'm tired of having different styles of people come in and tell me what to do. When I was the pin, the linchpin, right? I was the person at the station on the shift all the time, but I lost my paramedic partner. He got asked not to work there for a while. It's a personal thing. It really was. He's a great medic. And and had a he he had to straighten out some stuff in his life, and once he did, he was back on track and great. But for about six months, I was at a very very slow station that most medics didn't want to say, okay, I'll come spend my whole my this part of my career there. And so for six months, I had a different paramedic partner every time I came in. I got tired of it, so I went to paramedic school. But that was a different situation. I before that and after that, I worked with solid partners. But for that time period, it was just part time people that they got to fill that slot until they finally found somebody to come in and take that position. So, you know, there's that. But, you know, if you if you can't get a, a solid partner, and that was me for a while, is I had a partner here and I had a partner there, and this person tried to work with me for a little while, and then they pushed me on to that person, they tried to work with me. And I was young and dumb and headstrong, and I'd been hurt. I'd been hurt in two different EMS jobs already by the time I got to National EMS, where I spent a good part of my time learning how to be a good EFT and good medic. And nobody's wanting to teach me. But anyway, my point is, you may work in a, a job that maybe you're really good to work with. And so they let you be the swing person 
and you're working with a bunch of different people because you can adapt. That became me. That's who I became is I became the guy who can work with anybody on any shift. So you, and you know, I'm reliable and you know, I know my medicine and I'll do a good job. So not only knowing your medicine, doing that job is one part of it. Working for the company and upholding their standards and doing the job they want you to do is a whole different part of your career and part of what you do. So being that person you can be, that can be relied on, sometimes you become the person that gets put in with other spots. I became the person that you gave me the really hard to work with person because I'd either fix them or I'd run them off because I did not care because my number one priority was my numbers on my shoulder matter to me and I'm going to come in and do the job that's going to let me keep these numbers. And if the company I'm working for doesn't like it, I'll go work for another company. So that's one thing to consider is maybe it's not the right fit. People like to ask me all the time, what's a good company to go work for? There's some good companies, some bad companies. There's some companies I would personally never, ever work for. And doing the job I do here on EMS Underground, there's some companies that will never hire me because I've peed in their Wheaties, to be honest with you. And I, I have, I've burned some bridges with some people. But I made a stand on what I believed and I called out questions. Now, I assume they wouldn't hire me. Have I tried to work for those companies? No, I haven't because I don't appreciate, I don't respect, ah, on a human level, I respect some people, but I don't believe in the leadership I see in certain companies and the directions they're going. And I've had conversations face-to-face with some of these people about it and called them out sometimes on the show uh, about it. So there, there's, there's, I wouldn't put in for it because I believe in a top-down. And that's the other thing you need to look at, okay? As, as I can work with anybody, well, you need to look at how the top is running things. Do some research. Get to know people. Spend some time in your career in one place and learn. Spend maybe one, two, three years in one place learning. Then get a second job or branch out and go to a different job. Because you need to learn how other people work. Because sometimes it is you. Sometimes it is you who is being the problem. I know there's probably plenty of times that um, I probably was the problem going, Hey, I want to talk about this or I want to watch this or do that. I mean, there are days I definitely came in, in a bad mood and I was the medic. So I just like, look, I, I flat out told the person I was working with either a regular partner or a, a part-time person. I was like, look, I'm in a bad mood. I didn't sleep really good. It sucks for you. Cause I'm the medic. I'm going to go lay down. You know, we checked it. Well, first check off your truck, wash your truck. Okay. Now I'm going to go lay down and sleep and you're going to have to figure it out. Sorry. And I did. And I got up better. I was like, okay, you know, I'm not normally like that. I apologize. Or if I was with a regular partner, they knew I was not normally like that. Um, we all have bad days. We need to give each other room. I, I listened to a podcast called Anger, Anger Management. And because I do have some anger issues, absolutely. And not everything, I thought I'd get more of it than I am, but it's a decent podcast. And something he said last night is about retraining your brain, about when you have, uh, he used, of course, anger, but any kind of bad interaction in you can actually retrain your brain to react differently the next time by really getting quiet somewhere and reliving that moment and letting those feelings come back, but then mentally respond differently. It's neuroplasticity. So you can actually teach your brain that was the wrong way to do it, but here we're going to feel it again, but we're going to mentally respond differently and we keep doing that over and over again. And that's how I slowly, I didn't realize that at the time, that's how I slowly learned how to get along with anybody is i could work with the supervisors and a lot of a lot of people don't um what's an asshole move brent coming in saying i'm the medic sucks for you it is it is an asshole move 
if that's what you're referring to. Uh, absolutely. But sometimes you're the asshole. If you own that, nobody's going to be surprised by it. Now, if you do it all the time, people are going to start pushing back and not wanting to work with you. And that's that's what I'm saying is you got to be aware of who you are. I'm absolutely an asshole, dude. And you know that. I mean, Brent knows me. You know that. I don't care about some things. I'll say some jokes. I'll, I'll do some things. Last night, the, the last two orientations, I'm always throwing out jokes. I'm always witty. I'm always pushing things. And everybody at orientations are nervous as crap. And they're going to sit there and they're just be quiet. And I started calling them out on it, which is an asshole move. I started calling them out. I was like, why aren't you laughing at stuff? This is not life and death. You don't even get to life and death for like another year. You know, come on. Lighten up, people. And so, um, I mean, my, and my humor is aggressive. But that, and that's the thing, Brent. Um, I know, I can imagine because I know your personality. I know there's been things you've said and done with your partners that that has been an asshole move because you're a lot like me you, you there's sometimes you just don't care but that's who you are you know it's not who you are all the time you're not you're not an asshole you're easy to work with i think you know i i've worked with you at the school i haven't been on a truck with you but i helped teach you some and i worked with you at the school i think you're easy to work with you know but here okay let me let me reset the conversation there's always a balance in every relationship and a partnership on a truck is a relationship and if if there's a medic that says this is my way or the highway, that's the wrong move. Now I'm not going to call him out by name, but he knows who he is. If there's an EMT that says my job is to anticipate what the paramedic needs before they need it, and I'm always driving, and I said it to you, man. No, man, that's that's not right. That's not right. When I run my truck, now here's the difference. Here's the difference. Everybody comes at the job their own way. When I run my truck as a paramedic. I want everybody to live up to their full potential. I want everybody to work to their highest possible skill level. And so when I was a paramedic, I worked with basically advanced. You know, most of the EMTs I worked with intermediates. Um, I didn't actually, advanced came after I left the field for a while and worked in an office, but basically worked with advanced for you to refer to now. Well, I want you to be able to run every call that you can run. I want you to know that you're valued. You're not my assistant, although I definitely appreciate this other guy's opinion on to anticipate what my medic needs and to get them that without them asking. That That is one aspect of a good partner, absolutely. Well, I worked with, um, oh, I had her name, so I tried to say her name, Susie Q, Suzanne Ward. She's Suzanne something else now, but she's one of the supervisors over, over at uh, uh, Walton County EMS. Uh, but she, I had her as a student, and i had her as uh then as she she impressed me so much as a student because she was confident because i'm used to teaching and when a student does something that i think is not wrong but okay this is gonna be a better way i'll start like okay you're doing it the hard way here's a better way and i told her that she said no this is my way and she got the iv because she's doing it a different way than what i ever would have anticipated and it looked harder but she she was confident so i know this is how i get ivs and she got it. i'm like all right and then I had her as a student a few more times on my truck. And then when she actually got hired on to the company, I had her as a third rider. And then I went to the bosses, like, make her my partner. And for a good year, we worked together. And we got to that point that I knew what she was going to do. She knew what I was going to do. If I needed help, she knew to give it to me. And she knew if it was an advanced call, again, intermediate, but we're interchanging those terms right now. If it was an advanced call, I was going to expect her to step up and then I was going to be her assistant and know what she wanted. And she would do it differently than I would, but I knew how she wanted to do it her way. And I'd set stuff up her way and get stuff done. 
that's a great part. That's what we all want to achieve. But sometimes we get the, 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 you know, at one point in my career, Brent, I would have thought you were the worst person to work with because the way you just say things and you don't care. Not, cause I, I, because I brought baggage to the table because I thought people had to like me. I had to be a yes man as opposed to, I just don't tell the company. I don't tell the company. No, I just do what I feel like they want me to do. I'm just I'm kind of burping today on the microphone. I don't know what's up with me today, uh, but um, I don't know. I just had this misconception of I don't want to piss people off, and it put me in a weird amalgamation area of, of if you can't be yourself, then who are you going to be? You're going to be in pieces of the people you work around, and that's just not who you are, and it's a problem. And so there were definitely times where I worked with Ronaldo Sanders, and if you've ever met him, He's very straightforward and he'll say things and he's very strong in how he thinks he needs to do things. And I assumed because of how he was strong and how he thinks he needs to do things that he wanted me to do it that way. The reality was he wanted me to be strong in my own way. He made me, he helped make me a great paramedic by, by all means. I, the story I tell about him is, you know, during that six month period as an EMT, I'm going to paramedic school at this point. And I had an agreement with the medic that came on the next day. He wanted me to make sweet tea for him, a whole gallon of sweet tea. And have it ready for him because he liked how I made the tea and he didn't want to bother to learn. And any dishes after dinner, you know, you do your dinner, right? This is a 24-hour shift. You did your dinner. You cleaned up your dishes. Anything that may have been dirty through the night, he cleaned up in the morning. No big deal. And so tea was easy for me to make. No big deal. It's easy for him to clean a few, four or five dishes. No big deal. And I'm working with Ronaldo Sanders. And we get up the next morning. And I'm about to walk. I'm literally walking out the door. And Ronaldo's like, what are you doing, man? You got to clean up them dishes. I'm like, no. And, th- and the medic's there. His name's David Payne. David was already there. And he starts laughing because he knows what he's going to screw me over. And he thinks it's funny. Like, no. Me and David have a, a, an agreement. I made him tea. He's going to do the dishes. And Ronaldo's like, I don't care, man. Your responsibility is to do them dishes. You got to do them. It's like, and I look at David. David's just laughing. He won't say a thing. And I'm like, son of a bitch. And I threw my stuff down. And I went over and I'm washing dishes by hand, of course. You know, with soapy water. And I'm washing the, the, the hands assist. And, and bam, put them away. And then the next shift, I worked with a different medic. And I went to my supervisor. And I said, I don't ever want to work with Ronaldo again. And she's like, why? I mean, she was really surprised. Because I don't really complain. Because I always thought that would piss off somebody. And then I'd get squash down or whatever i didn't feel like i had a right to complain and and so uh she was surprised by it and i said because you know i told her that story and it's like because he talks to me this way well she goes i'm surprised all he says is good things about you to me i was like and i was shocked and that's something i do want to say a little side note before i finish that story i'll come back to it but i want to say that developed my my teaching abilities and and that really influenced me heavily to please if you think somebody does something well, tell them they do something well. That is the best way to correct somebody. It's like you're always going, oh, man, that was that was a great IV. You did great. Thanks for, and you know, uh, Brent. Well, I think Brent and I are on the same level now. I think we're both advanced now. I'm an advanced with 10 years of medic experience. Uh, long story. not going to tell you. I've told it before. But I was a paramedic. Now I'm an advanced EMT. But if I was a medic and he was advanced, and I te- or let me just reverse, even if we're equal, it doesn't matter. If I tech the call and I'm in there turning over patient care and I'm writing my report and he cleans up the truck, I'm still going to say, thanks for, thanks for cleaning up the truck. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Um, you know, if, if, uh, like with Suzanne, when she got that IV, when she's like, 
I started as an instru- as a paramedic and an instructor. I'm going, no, you're doing that wrong. She said, no, this is how I get IVs. And she got it. I didn't fuss at her. I didn't say, well, you should really listen to people more experienced. I went, you know what? You got it. I did it in front of the patient and everything. Wow. No, you, you got it. Good on you. Way to stand your ground. And I reinforced that. So definitely tell them they do good. Because I was not getting that. There's a whole long story from my childhood and growing up and most of my educational experiences, I didn't get positive feedback, I got negative feedback. And that's what we do as humans. And I've tried to change that with my kids. I'm not going to digress there. But we tend to focus on, when the good, everything's just flowing. Oh, you're paramedic now, so you're my boss. Great, awesome. <laughs> yes, sir, no, sir, thank you, sir. You'll still always look up to me because you're short. <laughs> I had to be an asshole. That's who I am. Um, but anyway, wait, we focus when it's good. We just kind of settle in and we ride with the good. But then when something's bad and interrupts that, we just say, "Oh, you need to fix that," or focus on the bad. Or this is what happened. We need to try to reinforce what's good, right? We need to try to talk about you did that great, you did this great, um, those kind of things. So when something does go bad, it's a lot easier to talk to the person. And I was resistant to change i was resistant to that negative feedback because i wasn't getting a whole lot of good feedback and ronaldo did not give me good feedback he gave it to my supervisor he said oh the, and he, he said i was gonna be a good medic never heard it from his mouth until after I became a medic um you know he, he said i was a really great emt had great skills i was great with patients you know he was hard on me because um he thought i could be better so n- going back to knowing yourself how to get along with other people, how to, how to work with other people. Well, you, you have to know yourself. And I was learning myself there. So sometimes people are hard on you because they think you're worth their time. Sometimes uh, people don't want to share their lives because they're just private people. So you might be talking about your brothers or sisters or boyfriends, girlfriends, whatever's kids, and they don't want to share anything. But they may be a very private person who doesn't really mix work with with family. Maybe they just don't talk very much. Maybe they just have bad stories to tell. You know, going back to my first principle, find that common ground you you can talk to somebody about. I loved working with an EMT, any EMT, when I found out they loved the show I loved. Jeremy Hayes. I mean, I'm all about the names today. I'm remembering. I'm usually have a hard time remembering names. I remember all the names now, uh, but Jeremy Hayes, I loved working with him because we worked during the time that Lost was a TV show. Well, I mean, it's still a TV show, but when it was on and progressing, and he loved it as much as I did, if not more. So we knew when we worked together and we didn't have calls, and this is back in the day before streaming was a thing, we had the DVDs, and we'd be binge watching and catching up for the next season or discussing things as we went, and we really enjoyed that. Um, now, there's another EMT I worked with. I can kind of remember his face. He turned me on to po- playing poker online. It's when Poker Stars or Full Tilt Poker really first came around and you could play it on a computer. Again, before phones really could do stuff like that. And he got me into playing poker. And so we shared that. You know, I was like, oh, and, and so we'd come in and, and we'd set up our computers and we'd get into poker tables and sometimes we'd play together, sometimes we'd play at different tables, whatever. We'd go run our calls. But you find that common ground. So that how long have I been going here? What's what's my time? Thirty one minutes. Okay, I can still tell a few stories. So you can find that common ground when when things go bad. You can get into it. And I want to talk about that now a little bit because we see in the police world things are going really bad. 
but things go plenty bad in fire and ems all the time as well they just don't typically get the news press that the police is getting and and to be honest so many things that have happened with the police deserve the news press the news press i'm i'm just dumb when i say that but the the reporting and the the widespread knowledge thereof and some of it's really really wrong we there's a balance between hiding in the shadows of what we do and having it misconstrued and spread across the whole of, of society of the world you know and 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 there is a balance and so i'm not going to talk about any specific thing that's happening i will go back a couple of years to the paramedic who punched a kid in the face who had his hands cuffed behind him and did a whole show on that and i broke down what was wrong with the cops what was wrong with the medic what was wrong with this kid what possibly led up to it but wrong is wrong and the stance i took then and i still take now is quite honestly the crap we slide into the shadows the way we operate in the shadows had she hit him one time just out of reaction because she got spit she got spit on in the face after this kid was mouthy and a problem and obviously a problem because he has handcuffs on she he she was reaching to get a mask to put on him he spit on her in the face and she popped him one now had she stopped with one more than likely never heard about it she would have her job today they would have swept it under the wrong is it right no should you have to defend yourself if you hit somebody yes by defend yourself i mean legally socially morally you should have a justification for it hey ashley i'm going to read that here in just a second absolutely um you when i so when i say defend yourself i don't mean physically defend yourself i mean if you put your hands on somebody you need to fully in your mind be ready to defend yourself of why this is the right move because it can be justified police shootings can be justified paramedics emts putting their hands physically on a patient punching them in the face even can be justified if it's in a true defense and i honestly believe you get spit in the face that's that's a that's a major assault and the reaction might be now i've been spit on in the face since this call and i've learned in my own self that i actually stop for a second before i punch i never knew if i just automatically punch or not i had no idea i've gotten smacked in the face but the guy was was out of his mind drunk and high i mean so drunk so high he was eating grass when we found him his eyes are so bloodshot i mean he couldn't even control anything sitting there and i stuck him with an iv and he localized to the pain my face happened to be in between his hand and his pain the way i was leaning over to the iv so it wasn't an assault and that in that moment i learned oh my instant reaction is to stop and think and not to actually punch the crap out of somebody but i think i would have been justified he assaulted me now i think the paramedic overreacted and when they restrained him they restrained him by his hair instead of appropriately and i was like let's get some restraints on him shall we you know let, let's move that way uh instead of and i was a student i was third writing for my my a to get my a certification uh and this is again i'm a, an advanced with 10 years paramedic experience so it's because i lost my med- anyway blah, blah blah and so i was very polite about saying you know i didn't call out how ro- don't grab somebody by their hair that was wrong but let's go ahead and restrain them down let's do that you know i, I didn't do the wrong so anyway people do bad things and they do wrong things and before i really dive into this let's, let me read this good story by ashley i've gotten really really lucky with my medic one and a half years together now We've worked well together well together since day one. He's always teaching me when a teaching moment arises. 
Anytime I'm cleaning the truck, he'll always ask you, good? Yes. Yes. Before going to work on his paperwork. Yes. You good is such a great phrase. And that's with the question mark at the end, because you can't, I know on the podcast, you can't see what's written here, is absolutely check with your partner. Make sure that they got everything they need. Maybe they need a little help to knock something out real quick so that the truck can be ready for you to go finish off, finish off your paperwork. Um, made me feel really good when someone said, if you're ever working without Ashley, and he said, why would I do that? Exactly. Partners can make or break you in this job. A bad partner can just ruin the whole day. And that's 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 why I wanted to read this. I didn't know what the rest of it was, so thank you, Ashley. That helps. Before I get into bad partners doing bad things, bad partners are just somebody who can be grumpy. I, I worked with somebody who talked down to me as an A student until they realized I was a former paramedic. Their whole attitude changed. Went, no, that's not right. As an FTO, as somebody who's going to be handling students, even if you're not an FTO, that's not right. You don't talk down to people because they're at a lower level than you are there just because they're a student because they're learning you know um it's there was a whole lot going on there so ultimately know yourself this is for a wrap up with when we have to stand up against bad partners and who do bad things so to get along with anybody know yourself know what you might be doing to irritate somebody because I actually rode with a racist not that long ago. He's like, yeah, no, I'm kind of racist. Like, you can't kind of be racist. Either you're racist or you're not. I mean, I need you to define that for me. And he did. It's like, and here's what I did. It's like, I believe you're wrong and I disagree, but you're good EMT. As long as you treat all the patients equally and you don't say anything out of line, we're not going to have a problem. The moment I think you're withholding care because of skin color or the moment that I think that that um, you've done anything, that you're going to say anything out of line because of that, you're done. And you'll be done in front of the patient, and it's going to be a really bad day for you. Now, we were, I think we were level, same level patches. That doesn't matter to me. Now, and I'll say, now if you want to talk about it, we'll have a discussion all day long why I think you're wrong and how we can talk about things and how it will help your career to actually let that go. Because honestly, a lot of racism is either taught by previous generations. We just take it on without knowing why we hate people of a different of a difference than us. Or there was some hurt in your life and you associated it with the wrong thing. You know, but that's that's the problem. And that's something I've actually had to talk to my northern friends about. It's like, no, I complain a lot about my neighbors who happen to be a different color than me. And so, so they go, like, oh, you're racist. They, they start joking around, you're racist. No, I'm not racist. I'd be bad at white people doing the exact same thing. It just happens to be an area that's a different color than me. It's where I live. That's it. It has nothing to do with their skin color. It has everything to do with behavior and, and self-awareness and self-responsibility. And that's a whole other podcast, self-responsibility. But being aware of who you are can allow you to talk to somebody like that. I know if we met in public and I heard him saying racist things, I'd be that pit bull that'd be like, what the hell's wrong with you? But we're on a truck assigned together. We have to do our job. As long as he does his job, I'm okay with him working. The second he doesn't do his job. Because that's, see, there's that line. So many of us as partners, we think our personal beliefs and realities have to merge with our partners. You're there to, to do a job. As long as you're doing the job correctly within state guidelines within legal guidelines ethically and within your company guidelines it doesn't matter if your your beliefs mesh or not 
It doesn't matter if you're an atheist working with a born-again Christian or a MAGA person working with a Muslim. Now, see, I, I just threw out stereotypes, didn't I? And just because you want to make America great again and you support Trump doesn't mean you hate Muslims or Arabs or, or, or anybody of color. Because I, I, I feel like Arabs is a, a, a wrong term and I'm possibly dating myself and saying something incorrectly there. But you see my point. We get tied up in our beliefs. The number one thing is you're there to do a job, period. You're there to treat people like human beings, starting with your partner, and hold that that for yourself. When I that's that's the line for I'm gonna draw this line here about working with partners. Then we'll move on to standing up against the wrong in the world. When I started holding the line that says I'm a human being, I expect to be I deserve and expect to be treated like a human being. I started treating people better. I started doing better with other people. I started letting go. Oh, well, you were acting. You think I said this thing about you when you just misinterpreted it. I didn't say anything about you. You know, it started, I started being more bluntly honest about things. It helps. So understanding yourself, knowing that helps. Being honest with your partner helps. Finding that common ground that can make you happy. I don't deer hunt. You want to tell me a story about deer hunting? I will listen to yours. I like stories. I'll listen to a story, but I don't care about deer hunting I, I won't mess with you on that but i'll listen to your story and i'll find it inter- interesting you know you want to explain nascar to me i'll find some questions to ask you about nascar these are true stories from my past riding with with new partners and those kind of things but it's like a first date i'll leave it at this it's like a first date ask questions about the other person get them talking about themselves and avoid certain topics like religion and politics until you really get to know somebody you'll do much better and, but it's unlike a first date, whereas you're not looking to sleep with them, hopefully, or marry them. You're just looking to work with them for 12 hours or 24 hours. All right. So now I'm going to definitively move into what I was talking about. Once I finally learned myself, there was a process before. I'd already started paramedic school, but before I really got into that six-month cycle of, of different partners every day, I'd already started paramedic school. Because I, I was, I was tired of people telling me what to do. I wanted to kind of have my own responsibility to run a truck my way. I've always been that guy, bigger, better, better, more. I think I can do things better. I can definitely try. I'm not, I've learned since then I'm an entrepreneur by nature. I've designed to work for myself. That's who I was born to be, but I didn't know that then. So paramedic kind of helps lend to that. I was working with his partner. He was going through a very ugly divorce. And for about three months, I was watching him make worse and worse decisions of uh, i don't really want to go into all the mud of it all it's not my story to tell and see that's something else we need to realize there are stories that are ours to tell there's stories about other people that we can tell that are amusing or educational or whatever and there's certain stories that are not ours to tell even though we were there and experienced it it's really somebody else's story and this is his story to tell so i'm gonna just cover it with he was making bad decisions i saw it he was sleeping a lot which was not like him he 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 was was having third riders come around when they weren't third riding there was there was just signs and he and i actually got into a fight we were watching um uh fight club one night i think it was and we got we we he got just randomly started tackling me not an angry fight just oh it's fight club and he, he broke my nose and I freaked him out because I just started laughing hysterically and I'm bleeding into the carpet and, and you know, everything's going on. And 
I don't remember what why he broke my nose because he did something stupid and apparently I elbowed him or something. It was all his fault. And he broke my nose, and then we literally get a call. So we happen to have a, an actual student third rider with us at that time. So they rode in the front like they were the partner. I rode in the back and kept ice on my nose um, because we didn't know how it was going to black up or anything. Anyway, there were bad decisions made, and he was stressing out. And one thing I absolutely hate. And I think everybody should hate this. Is getting when I'm driving the ambulance, especially patient loaded, don't mess with me while I'm driving. Because I'm already trying to watch all the traffic. I'm trying to make sure I don't throw you in the floor. My job is to be safe and focused. And every once in a while, not just him, other partners think it's funny to reach through the window and mess with you. Well, that gets you a jerk reaction, like a physical jerk reaction that can actually mess up the truck. You can jerk into the other lane, you can run into somebody in front of you because you're stopping, because you can't really see what's going on that little window typically and it was a little window it wasn't just open passageway and you know he thought it was funny and he was patient loaded this is towards the end of of our run together and he'd be making bad decision bad decision and he came through and he messed with my ear i was like i cussed him out like damn it don't do that don't mess with me so he comes through the window again i grab his wrist and i hit the brake so he smacked the wall and he starts cussing and, and, and yelling and screaming. And and um, we were not patient loaded, actually, in this one. He's in the back because he's with the third rider. Another bad decision. He's doing, he's making bad decisions. He's back there. And he's messing with me. But I'm driving to the station. So I'm already a little ill. That obviously, he's choosing this third rider over me, which is a, a thing I had to deal with as a personal thing, right? I'm there to do my job. I lost sight of that. But he's picking, but he was. There was bad decisions. So I'm also dealing with the guilt of should I say something? Uh, he doesn't listen to me very well. And we got to the station. I mean, he's cussing me out. I locked the doors. And I'm in the truck. And I crossed my And he's screaming at me, get out of the truck. This I'm like, nope. I said, like, I'm not getting out of this truck. And he calmed down. He finally, I mean, I literally would not get out of the truck at the station. I was like, I'm not doing it. Because I'm not about to get into a fist fight with you. I'm not about that. We, we This is it. We're done, man. And he calmed down. He had to come to me. He's like, man, I'm sorry. I apologize. It's like, nah, man, you freaked me the hell out. One, you're you're violating me you're, personally. I don't mean just sticking a finger in my ear. I mean, no, I hate when that happens. You know I hate when that happens. And it's unsafe. You're being unsafe, and you're messing with me without any reason. Secondly, when I tell you to stop, you came at me again, so I fought back. Maybe too hard, whatever. I tend to overreact. Anyway, he calmed me down. He got me out of the truck. And it might have been that same day. But, I mean, it was an instant rage thing. He's like, I'm sorry, man. It's my divorce. That's no excuse. And it could have been later that day. It could have been the next shift. But very shortly after that, we go on a call to somebody's unconscious, or supposedly unresponsive. They're conscious, but unresponsive. And we get there, and this is, and literally, as we pull into this big dirt driveway, we almost run into the guy. I mean, he's far enough back. We're like, oh, okay, there's, there's a dude sitting in the chair. And so we turn off all our lights. Long story short, the guy was just having a fight with his family, got tired of their crap, just stopped responding to him. Literally just started staring off in the space, stopped responding to him. He wasn't on drugs. And once we connected with him, and I finally said, hey, man, if you would just, if you'd just tell us your name and answer some questions, we will leave you alone because I think you're just fighting with your family and you don't want to deal with their crap anymore. And that's when he went, all right, my name is this. And he just wanted us to go away. So he gave us what we needed. We started going, well, my partner was really pissed off by this guy, just really agitated that he wouldn't respond. Like, dude, just let me talk to him. Just stop. Because he's anger for no reason. He was taking out his divorce anger and everything else anger on this guy. And so we got the refusal, got everything done. I mean, he let me do vital signs, everything. Okay. 
all right, man, I get it. You, you're just pissed off. Try a different way to deal with your family, but we're going to leave you alone because we're satisfied. Get in the truck. My partner's driving. He starts backing up. Now, it's in an ambulance with a big diesel engine. Windows are up, and we got the backup beeper going on. And this guy in the chair, you see his mouth flapping about something. He could have been talking to his family. He could have been saying anything to anybody. I don't know. But my partner decided to take it personal, and he put it in drive, and he went right back in and grabbed the four D-cell mag light, flashlight, started getting out of the truck, and I just fit. That was it. That's when I knew it was over. I physically grabbed him, pulled him in the truck, like, what the F are you doing? What do you think you're doing? You're going to go out there with a mag light and beat him down? Don't make me. I will call the cops on you. I will. Dude, what are you doing? And I had just such a shock. And I put, like I said, I had my hands on him and jerked him back in the truck. And he's not as big as I am, but he was strong. I mean, he could easily have fought me in the truck and won, uh, I think. And and I was like, I will have to fight you. I will call the cops. We will both lose our jobs. What are you doing? And he got back in the truck. And we got back to the station. And I went. I, I didn't even deal with it that night. I didn't know what to do. And I waited until I got off shift and I called my supervisor and I said, I mean, these supervisors, the guys, when I was like, I, I thought I was gonna lose my job because I covered for him. I mean, it wasn't, he treated patients well, except for that last one. He treated patients well, he did his job, but there were a lot of ethical and moral things that he was doing that I knew the company would not approve of that weren't necessarily wrong, but there's definitely an appearance of wrong. And I think they were wrong. But they could be like, oh, you know, but that definitely wasn't above board and obviously right. Okay. And I covered for a lot of stuff. Hadn't said anything. So I make bad decisions. Hadn't said anything. The fight, you know, like I said, fight club moment where he broke my nose on shift and I'm bleeding. And then we get a call. You know, I didn't say anything about any of that stuff. And so I thought I was going to lose my job for covering for him because he did a lot for me. We'd been together a year and a half. Easy. And he had, he had taken me when nobody else could, and he had shaped me into a good EMT. He had put up with my crap, cut through my crap, helped me understand things about myself that I needed to learn, helped me let go of some of my baggage. He had done a lot for me, so I felt like I owed him. But I got on the phone with my supervisor, and I told him everything. And I said, I am sorry. I am sorry for not saying anything earlier. I am sorry for covering up anything that I've covered up. And I understand if I'm going to lose my job, I, I get it. And I, and I truly was sorry. And I, cause I was young, cause I realized by not standing up against what was wrong, it got to a point where I had to stand up against what was wrong. And it was a breaking moment. It broke the, our, our partnership. That's when he got the next shift. He, he or before, I don't know when they got a hold of him, but that's when he got asked not to work for a while and to go handle his personal life, his divorce, and everything that was going on. And I don't know his side of it. I don't. I don't know how he sees it now. I I don't know how it went down versus what I thought went down. Yeah, you know, I I don't know any of that. But that's just my experience there, and that's when I learned this is what I relate to the students, especially in today's world. It doesn't matter what you feel about George Floyd. What that cop did was wrong. Now, I can I can tell you everything that went into it that I see. Not everything, literally, but the things I see. But I'm not going to talk about him and George Floyd. I'm going to talk about the three cops who stood by the side and nobody went, hey, let's, let's go ahead and get them up and get them out of here. We've got them down. We've got them handcuffed. Let's go ahead and move to the back of the squad car. You know how many patients I've checked on as a medic in the back of a squad car? 
a lot. I'm just using that as an example to go to you as an EMT. As a student, it is a sticky widget because you are learning. Hey, Mike, what's up, man? But as a student, you are learning, right? So it is a little weird place to correct somebody who has their numbers in the field and say what you're doing is wrong. So as a student, you've got to, I kind of say, don't make waves. Report it to us, the school, and let us take care of it for you. But as an EMT, even new in the field, as a longtime paramedic new to a company or just somebody who does their job, when your partner or when you see somebody in your field doing something blatantly wrong, such as grabbing a a a 4d cell mag light to go beat somebody down as a medic it's not our job it's not what we do you need to say something you've got to stop it to the point that i actually medics i went to school with and worked with for a very very long time when they got to the point of burnout they started talking about uh you know after midnight if i get a call i do a 16 gauge iv just for getting me out of bed i sat down and talked with them like that's not right that's not who I think you are. That's not who I've known you to be. Punishing patients for calling 911, whether it's a good call or not. I get it. I hate it too. I hate getting two to three hours of sleep or less or no sleep because somebody has stomach pains. And there, and I, this is a real call I ran. It's about one o'clock in the morning. Somebody had stomach pains, wanted to go to the hospital. We were on the, our station was on the other side of the hospital. So we had to go past the hospital, come get them to come take them up to the hospital. Now, I don't know what kind of insurance they had that might pay for it instead of a taxi cab. But when we rolled up to this apartment complex, a nice apartment complex, they're outside with a suitcase and a little glass of wine waiting on us. That's not a 911 call. So I get the frustration. And what I made them do, just short versions, pour out the, you want to go put the glass back up in your apartment or you want to put it on the step? I don't care, but it's not coming to the ambulance. Give me your suitcase. Suitcase goes to the ambulance. All right, let's go to the hospital. Just come on, get in, right? And he, I don't remember what he did with the glass, but he ended up either drinking it or pouring it out. I didn't care which. It's not my problem. I'm not going to be, I'm an asshole, but I've learned to, trying to be a controlling asshole doesn't work, right? Trying to control people is impossible. You can't do it. They're going to do what they want to do. And the more you push, the more they push back. So I said, okay, you can't bring that in my truck. So you either need to go put it back in your apartment, whatever you're going to do with the actual glass, drink it, pour it out. I don't care. I'm going to take your suitcase and then come on, let's get in the truck. Let's go to the hospital. Done. Okay. You're right, Mike. That's our job to run calls no matter what time of day and to be nice about it as best we can. As I caveat with as best we can, because I will guarantee you when I've had one hour of sleep and it's three o'clock in the morning, I'm going to think I'm going to be nice. Like, well, that's what you'd like to go to, but might come out. Well, hospital you want to go to because I'm exhausted, but I'm trying to be nice. Right. Uh, I'm trying to to be clear and I can tell stories about mistakes I've made, but the reality is I'm trying to think of some other ones that, I mean, if you got to physically restrain somebody, your partner, you physically restrain them on, on, on the truck where the, the cat truck where the paramedic punched the kid, I would have done exactly what that partner and our student, we had a student on that truck. You can see it in the footage, the gray Georgia Institute of EMS shirt with our logo sitting right there. And what the student and the partner did, and what the partner did even without the student, was immediately the partner, I mean, after the first one, she was like, whoa. And then she went back in, and he got up and, and grabbed her. and started. So he pushed her out of the truck instead of the cops. 
he did what he had to do because it was not right. And I mean, that kid was horrible. There were so many things wrong with that, that whole situation. But for her to go back in and start wailing on this now defenseless patient, that's not our job. It was a bad day, and that medic had to do what he had to do. He could have been an EMT. I don't know what level he was, but that partner on the truck grabbed her and stopped her. I grabbed my partner when they tried to go after somebody. I've actually had a, I ended up kicking him off my truck because he had a bad attitude all the time. And as, as, okay, so Brent and I were going back and forth about him being a medic and me being advanced now. Or Mike, Mike's a medic. If I worked with either of them, now, of course, I've known Mike a long, long time. I've known Brent for actually a couple of years now. I know we'd get along, whatever. But even as an advanced EMT, and they're technically my superior as a medic, I will stand up for our believers. I will put my job on the line because if you're going to support somebody who will do what's wrong, will will get violent with a patient when violence is not called for, who will who needs your mediation or who needs work, whether they've been a 10 year medic with you or not. If you'd rather back them than me, I need to know that when I'm doing what's legally and morally right. And they're, and I'm trying to stop them from doing what's legally, ethically and morally wrong. And you're going to back them. I need to know that. So I can leave and go somewhere else. It's a hard place to be. But once you understand that principles of, I've got to protect those numbers on my arm. I earned those. Nobody got those numbers but me. And yeah, I know as instructors, we help, we guide, but you, the person who got your numbers, you went, you passed the test, you got those numbers, you put all the work in to get it. That's your livelihood and your career, and you did it for a reason. It's up to you to protect it and remember what that reason was and why you did it. And honestly, if that reason changes, that's why I left the field. When that, if or when that reason changes for you doing what you do, there's no shame in changing up what you do. I got burned out. I, I had some baggage that I needed to deal with and that I was unable to deal with with the pressure of being a paramedic. So I ended up leaving the field and going to an office where I saw it differently. It's just a mental change. Honestly, I could have run the truck the way I, I worked in the office. And I learned that through working in the office. But I went to work in an office for a cardiologist. You know, there's no shame in changing it up. And Mike, you're right. That's a great way to end this. If you can't control yourself, how will you control a patient? And you need to recognize when you're reaching your limits. You that way, if you start recognizing it in yourself, when you're reaching your limits or you're having a bad day, then maybe you start giving other people that human respect of going, oh, you know what? What would I expect to be done in this case where this is going on with that, that? I know this is going on. This is going on. But there's maybe five other things that they don't know is going on with me. So there's probably five things that I don't know that's going on with them. How would I hope to be treated with respect and kindness? Let me try to do that. But uh, I know George Floyd was a police officer and not a, a paramedic thing. But Maddox, going back all the way back to where I started with bringing out the dead, it's a great movie on the surface of these are stereotypes of people in our field. The burnout, the funny man, the, the preacher who wants to save everybody, the, the guy who wants to mess with people and say things to mess with their minds and, and to screw with people because they think it's funny, especially junkies or, or people who abuse the system. I use the quote fingers abuse the system, but sometimes they actually need the system. Those are great stereotypes, but we're not stereotypes. We're human beings. So knowing why you do what you do matters 
and then protecting your numbers and yourself matters. You have to do all of that. Scene safe PPE, right? We got to take care of our serves, self service. You got to do those two steps before you can be an advocate for the patient. But that is why you're there. We're an advocate for the patient. So you only protect yourself to protect the patient. Because if a patient's constantly trying to punch me in the face or bite me, it's going to get them hurt and they're going to hurt themselves. It's going to get them hurt by if you bite me, I can, all right, I know this for a fact. I get bit without seeing it coming. I'm going to slap the crap out of you because I did that to my wife. She thought it was funny one day to stick up on me and bite my arm. And before I even think about it, I was like, pop. Oh, sorry. I mean, I was a ball. I was, oh, I'm so sorry. I mean, I didn't like black eye or anything. It wasn't a hard hit, but I was like, oh, crap. Is she thought it was hilarious. And she's like, no, I expected a reaction. So I know in myself, if I don't know I'm about to get bit, and she didn't break the skin, she was just playing with me, right? But she bit my arm at the ER. She worked in the ER as a secretary. And I, I, everybody thought it was funny. I was mortified that it hit my soon-to-be wife. Um, Mike, <laughs> that was that was back in those days. Um, but I know that if I don't see a patient coming and they bite me, I'm going to punch them because I've done that in the past. That's self-defense. I want to advocate for that patient and keep them from being punched. So let me restrain them appropriately and ethically so they can breathe that we can do any life-saving techniques that we need to do and that we can deal with the medicine. That is what we're there for. And I think we lose sight of that as public safety, as firefighters, police officers, nurses, doctors, paramedics, EMTs. I think when bad things happen like George Floyd, we've lost sight as a society, as a culture, as a job of why we do what we do on all sides of it. The people that were there yelling, phones all everything but we have to be responsible for our choices and that's what we'll end this with you can get along with anybody by being responsible for your choices and know that what they do does not reflect who you are or affect you directly for most part and when it does affect you directly that's when you say something and do something if you got something you want me to talk about you'd like to hear about hit me up charles at gaims.com I do this podcast every week. Uh, it varies at what time I record it on Facebook, but it is recorded live video on facebook.com slash Georgia Institute of EMS. You can find it there. You can find it on youtube.com forward slash Georgia Institute of EMS. You can find the videos both places and the podcast is on anchor.fm slash EMS underground. Let me know what you'd like to talk about. Love when you come out and chat with me and I will see you all next week.